Welcome, everybody, to NXT Revisited. We are post-Superstar Shakeup, And don't worry, because we are all in exactly the same place as we were before. I'm Troy. With me, as always, Jason is here. Yeah, there's more shaking up this week than a lot of Snapchat, but we are here to discuss... It's not her, dude. Not social media. <laughs> we're here to discuss NXT... That's right. And it was it was quite an interesting week. Two, not one, but two championship matches this week on the show. And and two foregone conclusions of who was going to win the match. But before <laughs> we get to that, we have a new theme song. Not our show. NXT has a new theme song. And yes. new, uh, Slipknot takes yep. care of the theme song now. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting that they did... Um, like all they change the- theme songs a lot, though. They do. They do. Um, so they did- like there was one. There was one I remember. They did a theme song. It was there for like three weeks, and then they changed to something else. Yeah, yeah. This one is interesting. Um, I I like it, but I'm I'm a heavy metal guy. Um, so obviously, you know, most of these engine, most of these like theme songs and openings to the shows have little clips so they can swap them out whenever they ditch a superstar which obviously they've got a couple of them they got to pull out there next week but they've got a little thing that they recorded with a bunch of them in the ring together and i was like are you going to like digitally remove those people from there because <laughs> there's a couple people in that ring that ain't there anymore uh-huh. so i don't know uh but we actually start the show proper with velveteen dream so, Dream is defending the North American Championship against Buddy Murphy. Um, they... I feel like this was the first time we've seen Dream wear the belt out. Maybe I'm mistaken on that, but it felt... Uh, usually, he's, I remember him carrying it out. Yeah, I think, I think you're but... right. I think he does normally... He normally has it around his shoulder, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that is true. It seemed like... I'll have to go back to TakeOver and see if he wore it out that night, but I don't think he did. Mm. I'm kind of disappointed by his side blades. Most of the side plates are very generic. We saw that with Johnny's later, too. They're just the names, basically. Well, his are just purple squares with a V on it. Yeah. Which is like, really? It's his logo, though, isn't it? I I mean, it was on one of his shirts, like his first shirt. I feel like they could have done more with it, especially considering that that's his character. Um, But I I guess they set this up at... Uh, was it Worlds Collide or, or Axis or something like that? They, they... I think it was backstage at WrestleMania, actually. Okay. It was, they did a little segment right after uh, Murphy had lost to Tyler. He was walking back, and him and Dream sort of got into it, and Dream okay. made mention of, you know, one of us is leaving a weekend still having our title. and okay. so. Sure, fair enough. Um, so the the match itself, of course, had a dueling chant. Um, <laughs> 
it just it happens every match, man, and like it's so fucking annoying at this point to me. If it didn't happen every match, I'd be like, that's cool. But it's like, especially yeah, because it, especially because there's people in the audience doing both sides of the chant. That de- that's yeah, but not you know the what it's supposed to be. <sighs> again, Troy, and again, this is as someone who's at works in the business. They're not silent. I'm fucking happy. Like it doesn't bother me. They're making noise. They're interacting. They're participating in the show. The, the opposite, Good on them. The opposite of a dueling chant is not silence. The opposite of a dueling chant is one chant for a guy, for the face. Chant for Velveteen Dream. Meh, but I mean, it's, it's fucking 2019, dude. That's sort of a bygone era thing. Like, people love heels now. It's fucking, it's been that way for a little while. Yeah, but it seems like this crowd just loves to do dueling chants. Done, Maybe regard, so, but again, regardless of who's in the ring. So again, some crowds like to do fucking beach balls. I don't take issue with that either. Whatever, like I kind of take issue with the beach ball thing. That you're, t- I don't taking away attention from the workers. But no, 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 bullshit. Because I had this debate with other people. I've had this debate with other workers in the fucking business. And as long as WWE is doing specials about the night after WrestleMania where they're highlighting beach ball activity, they lose any right to be fucking pissed off about it. I suppose. Anyway, so Dream and Murphy, um, so started um, slower than I thought it would have. Like there's a lot of they actually side headlocks and rear yeah. chin locks really early on. It did pick up later, but yeah, they actually did call it out too. Um, I think Nigel said that Buddy is used to the fast pace, and and maybe this was Dream's way of winning. So they 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 kind of sold it as like Dream is trying to to be smart about Buddy Murphy and not letting him get kind of that juggernaut speed to him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that too. Was I was like, okay. Um, did, you, did you catch the Mauro Ronaldo line of the night? Uh, he had some doozies. The Velveteen Dream has more flash than Adobe. Uh, no, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> there's there's one later. Okay, so one of the things that to me gets a little annoying is when there's like certain catchphrases that announcers use for certain people. We've heard it before with the in the drop zone, the it's, it's boss time, stuff like that. Typically, we don't get that from Morrow unless it's Velveteen Dream and he loves to drop the line this is what it sounds like when dreams fly. Yeah. And to me, the first time you said that, cool, that's awesome. You made a Prince, Prince reference because he's essentially Prince. The 13th time you say it, I start to feel like you're a little Micah Colish. So he's I mean, not, it is boss time. He's not he's not near that level yet. Cole is is a catchphrase machine when it comes to people. Um, and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show, but thank fucking Christ we haven't we didn't didn't have to hear in the drop zone on SmackDown. I um, yeah, I, want, I I've heard that point bef- made somewhere before. I, I think it was you. <laughs> I'm just reiterating your points. Um, Without giving me credit. Well, I gave you credit now. Okay. So, uh, again, as a staple of two of, or not two of, NXT is the Tope Suicido to the outside onto the ramp. We sort Tope of. Tope Hero. Yeah. So, Buddy Murphy changed it up a little bit, uh, which I was very happy for this change up because. <laughs> He fucking flipped over the top rope and landed right on Dream, which was a was a fucking phenomenal move. Definitely, definitely was my high high point of the night, of the time, of the day. 
Um, See, there was another one right before that where Murphy hit like this sick knee strike where he had the wrist control and then hit the knee strike. And Dream just flops over like on top of his own lower legs. Mm -hmm. And then Murphy pinned him in that position. And I've never fucking seen that before. Yeah. The the thing I noticed is you can tell how difficult of a match is for Velveteen Dream by how terrible his hair looks by the end of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that shit was fucking bonkers at the <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the other things. And when Murphy hit that, I was like, okay, cool, we're gonna this is the pace is gonna start picking up here. Mm-hmm. And then we went right back to a fucking rear chin lock. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm watching a Randy Orton match. Right. Uh, I think once Murphy hit the Meteora though, it was yeah. All fucking balls out from there. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. first of all, that was a beautiful move and yep. a beautiful sell by Dream. He folded mm-hmm. in half after it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, Murphy... Great super kick by Dream, too, in yeah. the corner. Yeah. Uh, Murphy winds up getting, like, a really fucking close two count. Where you, if, if it wasn't for the fact that, I'm, that, that you were like, yeah, clearly he's not winning. You're like, he could win. But not really. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it was it was good. Um, but the only thing that really stood out for me that was kind of sloppy was was Dream, Dream's attempt at uh, picking up Murphy from the ground and rolling into oh, yeah, yeah. Dream Valley Driver. But that's that's such a nitpicky kind of. Kind but of but he did it successfully later on at the finish yeah. too. So yes. he sort of made up for it. Um, watching this match, the thing that stood out to me was, God damn, I wish Murphy had gotten sent to fucking NXT instead of SmackDown because. Oh, because right about now, Gargano versus Murphy is the only thing I want to see in the world. Like, oh, man, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Oh, my God. And he's going to get buried in that, in that SmackDown. Like, yeah, sadly, because I don't think it's his fault, but he would be a goddamn main event star in NXT. Yeah, this is a guy that, I mean, a couple of years ago... I love the fact that, that Maro said that Buddy was, was reliving his, like, glory years back in NXT, like, no, man, like, he was shit in NXT. <laughs> okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. It wasn't, it wasn't on, until on. the end of his run in NXT that he started to create this new character and started to get good, and then once he was on 205 Live and they let him run with it, that's when he became this Buddy Murphy. But hold on, because here's the thing. It was in NXT where he won a tag team championship, Yeah, got the name recognition, and started banging Alexa Bliss. So yeah, that's the point of his glory I, days. I don't think that they count that in terms of his glory <laughs> days, but you know, that, that was the only thing with with uh, with Team Bamf was the fact that Alexa was the focal point, in it, and the two of them were just kind of there because somebody had to wrestle them in. Um, whereas now, like Buddy Murphy, definitely on his own, you know, created this this character, and yeah. This was a thing, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but moving Buddy Murphy off of 205 Live is such a mistake. You finally had so many people cared to watch over there, and then you take them off the show. Yeah, but with 205, it's like once you're not in a title picture anymore, there's not a whole lot of interest in you, and that's the problem. Well, um, well Velveteen Dream at least can look at what his future is going to hold. <laughs> so, uh... Getting towards the end of this match, we had something we don't see all too often on WWE, at least maybe on 205 Live. I don't watch that shit. I let Jeff tell me what happens. But uh, you had a Cheeky Nando's kick in the corner, which is something we don't see very often. And then he turned it into a sit-out powerbomb, which was Murphy did, I should say, uh, which was sick. And then as they were out on the floor, uh, Murphy goes to come in, and Dream hits him with a Famouser and spikes yeah. him on the top of his head. Oh, yeah. Be- well, before that, though... 
before that was I thought great the both of them are outside and Dream is yes. like out and the ref is about to count to ten and like Murphy can't get Dream back in the ring but of course he knows like if Dream gets counted out I don't win the belt so he dives in then dives straight back out to break the count I thought that yeah. was that was such smart like booking of this match. Yep. For, for yeah. Murphy to be like, no, you can't fucking come out. Look, I'm back out here again. <laughs> yeah. so. And that's the fucking, that's the attention to detail we get in NXT that we don't get in the main roster. Right. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, then it was when Murphy trying to get back in the famous or, uh Dream then hits the Dream Valley driver, goes up top, hits the uh, the purple uh, the purple rain elbow, uh, and gets the pin and the win. So At which point, Nigel says that he just passed his toughest test as champion, so fuck you, Matt Riddle. <laughs> oh, um, shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I get Buddy Murphy has been cruiserweight champion for a long time, but really, like <laughs> I I guess, but yeah, felt a little bit like was also like didn't this motherfucker face Ricochet? <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did say your his toughest test as champion, so he faced Ricochet as true, a challenger. True, so. he has on yeah. this. It was only his second defense, right? Yes. And um, I will say, really fucking cool. The, the thing that's so good about Velveteen Dream is he's just so fucking smooth. Like, the transition from the Dream Valley driver into how quickly he gets up to the top rope and hits the Purple Rainmaker, just tremendous. That's what it's called. I called it the Purple Rain Elbow. Yeah, oh. Purple Rainmaker. <laughs> um, ooh, 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 can I do the next segment? The Street Profits promo? Yes, yep, yep. Can I do this? Can I? Can I, can I? Go ahead. Intro. Okay. So we get one of the intros to the Street Profits where they show us our, their Snapchats and all that stuff. And they tell us they're going to give us a, a – they're going to go talk. They're going to knock down doors and talk to William Regal and get what they want. And they get to William Regal's door and they knock on the door and the door opens. But it's not William Regal. No, it's not. It's the Viking experience. <laughs> And they come out wearing shirts for some band called War Raiders. <laughs> and then they tell us that they're going to face them for the titles next week. Yep. That and Nigel good. refers to them as War Raiders. Yes, he does. Until later on when they talk about the NXT call-ups, and he calls them the Viking experience. <laughs> well, see, see, and this and this is the issue with doing stupid shit like this, is <laughs> because they, they didn't re-record that audio. And the the recap of the shakeup, obviously they recorded after the shakeup, so by then they right. have new names. So then you have this issue. So we are going to have it next week yep. where these two guys are going to be Hanson and Rowe, the Roar, War Raiders, throughout the entire match. And then later on we'll get something clearly recorded a couple days ago that they'll call them Ivar and Eric, which again... Yeah. I feel like we're going to have a huge conversation about the name change tomorrow night on the rundown. We so. are. We are, obviously. Um, again, change their team name. Who gives a shit? Change their fucking work names. It's stupid. Um, but yeah, so as you said, now again, first of all, didn't realize William Regal had an office there because we haven't seen him for a long time. Still, I thought Twitter him. was his office. Yeah. Still haven't seen him, by the way. There's, yeah, we did. We saw him later. When did we, we see saw him, him later in this episode with the Undisputed Era. Oh, that's right. We did. Okay. Eh. See, it just, it's just become such a joke to me at this point that he never fucking shows up for work. Yeah, no, he was there this time. Okay. But yeah, so like you said, um, 
more experience versus Street Profits <laughs> next week for the championships. I no, 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 Vince doesn't want um, that sorry, word. So sorry. so we go so we go we can go with Viking Raiders. Or Raider Nation. Oh wait, that's taken. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, from there, Johnny Gargano arrives. Yes. And this is the first episode since he won the championship. So, of course, there's signs in the crowd for Johnny Champion. Uh, people are loving oh, him. A hell of a pop, though. It was a hell of a pop, yeah. Uh, he proceeds to have a little bit of a love fest with the, the audience before the Undisputed Era interrupts. Well, not all of them, because that we got one of your favorite things, the dueling chant. The you deserve it, no you don't chant. So there was a segment yeah, of the audience. There definitely was. And see, not but, happy. See, but that sort of dueling chant I'm okay with because it's one focal person. It's it's the it's the old let's go Cena Cena sucks chant. I was okay with that. So yeah. Cena will tell you that, that is that's the worst thing you can get. The let's go Cena Cena sucks because and, and this was a great point that Cena used to make all the time whenever I said if there if half the crowd's chanting for me and half the crowd's chanting for you that's one thing mm-hmm. if both of them are chanting for me they're completely ignoring you I suppose yeah fair enough um, but we do get dueling chants for Adam Cole and Johnny later so yes uh, but yeah undisputed era interrupt but it's only three of them which if Johnny was intelligent he'd realize the other one is behind me. <laughs> but he no. doesn't. Uh, so they, uh, Adam Colbebe, proceeds to run it down that he beat Johnny Gargano. Um, and of course, then Johnny proceeds to start calling him a baby because oh, after he called the undisputed era a boy band, which I thought was a great line. He called him boy band, and then he said that they weren't quite in sync. So I, yes. I gave him a lot of credit on that. That was a good line. <laughs> Um, but it ends with Roddy... And that uh, said, stop acting like a baby, which yeah. I thought was another great one. Yeah. Uh, so Roddy, Roddy nails Johnny from behind. Uh, Ooh, stiff in the side of the fucking face, oh, too. It, it definitely... It definitely looked like there might have been a little heat there. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional that. or not. Um, you know, Roddy is a guy... I remember... You I mean, you think about uh, when he was in the Rumble, uh, and, and he just beat the ever-loving piss out of Daniel Bryan's chest. He's He can be a stiff dude. <laughs> The greatest Royal Rumble, not the real Rumble. Right, yeah, greatest Royal Rumble. Um, what I learned from this segment is that everyone in the back hates Johnny Gargano. Apparently. <laughs> Where the fuck was anybody to help this dude? Well, I mean, his best friend is Where was, injured. Where's Matt Riddle? Fuck's Matt Riddle? He was getting high, man. He, he, well, the, he always has an excuse because he probably thought he was watching an old episode. They're like, Matt, you're looking and looking out outside. You can see them. That's not, where, it's not TV. Where were Hansvar and Eero or whatever? First of all, Eric Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, uh, Ivar Beard Hansen. Uh, <laughs> so, anything else to say about uh, the Johnny Undisputed Era segment? Uh, there's more that gets to it later, so... Um, yeah, so before before we get to that, though, we have the, the recap of the shakeup where um, they, you know, explain that this person's over here, this person here. Yet again, no mention of Nikki Cross. So she nope. apparently just doesn't exist anymore. Um, she... Well, with, with the rumors that Killian Dane might be sent over to NXT UK, uh, one might wonder 
if Nikki would be going with him. I mean, I'd be I'd be good with that because she ain't getting fucking any time right now on on either Raw or SmackDown. She's been a free agent. And her gimmick was sort of tied to Sanity, and now that Sanity is no more, I wonder if they're sort of planning a repackage for her. I'm fine with that. I mean, she, her chasing around Candice LeRae was hilarious in the fucking <laughs> women's battle royale. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs. Is what's happening to her. Um, so from there, we get uh, the latest edition of Donovan Dijakovic beats up black guys. Yeah, I. I think the guy's name is Eric Fry or Aaron Fry. Aaron Fry. Okay, it didn't matter because Keith Lee because Keith Lee couldn't work, so they just gave him another black guy. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Dijakovic comes out, uh, proceeds to do like two moves and wins, <laughs> and then yeah. and then cuts a promo that uh, felt a little cut, felt a little edited. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Because he he begins to talk about his family and them coming over, and then he's just like, I'm I'm here. Feast your eyes. And I was like, I feel like there was more to that promo before. <laughs> I, I feel like it, I feel like if they're putting him over as this Croatian colossus, maybe don't announce him from Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, you used to announce Kofi Kingston from Jamaica. You don't have to say where they're actually from. Like, right. you, can, you can make up a fucking name. It's right. fine. You can say they're from Croatia. Lana's not really from Russia, alright? Uh... uh. Which, that should have been a dead giveaway that that wasn't her. No Russian accent. Um, <laughs> so then we... She doesn't have a Russian accent in half her promos, either. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so then we get... Uh... So you and, I are re- you and I are really vibing tonight. All right, let's keep on... <laughs> 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 oh, so it wasn't her. Uh, so then the Undisputed Era have a promo in the back with... Fucking random back of the stage chick. I never fucking remember her name. It's Kathy Kelly. She's a goddamn smoke show. Can we at least show her the respect of remembering her name? There's like fucking three of them that are smoking fucking hot, all right? It's hard and to And I'm pretty sure she's taking that Finn, Dall- Finn Balor D still, so, you know. Probably. See, I remember um, Charlie because she's got massive fucking titties and they look great. Um, I can never she, remember. She, yeah. I can never, never remember between Kathy Kelly and Kayla Braxton. Kayla Braxton's one whose face looks sort of like Seal, where she's got like the weird marks all over it. Okay. I don't look at their faces, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, so. You'll have, you'll, have to, you'll have to give me like a difference in cup size or something like that for me to understand who's who on here. The, the thing I found weird about this was that Kathy Kelly's just randomly standing in this hallway. Mm-hmm. And, and Undisputed Era happens to walk through like, how the fuck did she know they were coming in that hallway yeah. through that door at that moment? Yeah. She seems to always be in the vicinity of them, though. It starts, it's starting to get a little creepy. Because at least that, she didn't ask them if they were planning on watching the main event tonight, because that would have been... That's true. Well, I guess if they had a female member, maybe they, maybe she would have asked. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, which which is the announcer that got fired while on vacation? Uh, Dasha quit. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, Dasha Fuentes or whatever her fucking name. Is. Yeah, she quit. Yeah. All right. So from there, we get a promo from Vanessa Bourne and Leah. Um. So at this point, I don't know if it was just me, but they they were having a little bit of an issue with sound. It's, it's, it's skanks are us. Sorry. Uh, there was they were having some sound issues because they had they had like a promo leading out that you couldn't hear what Nigel was saying because the music was too loud. And then when we when we cut into this, 
Aaliyah says something and there is no sound that comes out of her mouth. So I think she was just doing the exasperated like. Oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. Like I don't think she was saying anything. All right. Um, I I couldn't tell you what the fuck they even said in this promo. Basically, they challenged Candace to pick yeah, one of them to fight. But it was so fucking generic. Um, and I and I like these well, two I mean, because they're beautiful. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. So I no. It. Uh, I thought that, okay, but but that hip shake and the way Vanessa Bourne lets the girls out to play. But we I'm didn't there see for that it here. I know. I All know. We saw but, was their faces. But, so I was bored. But 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 yeah. They teased the bag and told us that next week we will see them. That's true. That's true. So a little, a little tickle in the undercarriage. Exactly. There you go. Um, so then. We go to finding out that Gargano will face Roderick Strong next week. Anything to say about that? I'm uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be a fucking hell of a match. Awesome. And then we get to our main event. Uh, Shayna Baszler comes out. Um, she has Lady Groot, but oh, uh, who was that with her? I didn't. I didn't recognize who who the other person was in their little trio there. That uh, was Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. Okay, Bruce Wayne. I think... Wouldn't wouldn't you mean... Bryce Wayne? No, no. Uh, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, but what's her fucking name? And I know uh, it. I know it's a... Um, she's a Wayne, isn't she? No, she's not a Wayne. It's a, it's a Gordon. That's just like... No, oh, is it? It's Jim Gordon's daughter. I just can't remember what her, what her fucking name is now. Anyways, she's dead. I just uh, remember going to see that movie where Alicia Silverstone played her, and then they did the clothes. She put on the uh, fucking gimmick yes. for the first time. Nipples. All I heard was someone yelled, holy badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, has, well, there's also a scene where Robin looks up her skirt. So Yeah, well. That's, some, that's something that happens. <laughs> I mean, if Alicia Silverstone was there and the opportunity presented itself, who amongst us, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I suppose so. Um you know. Um so after that, um I was trying to find it really quickly and Barbara Gordon, that's what it is. Barbara Gordon is Ah uh, yes. Um So from there Kyrie Sane comes out because she's a pirate hooker. Um this was a Dude, game. I, okay, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Because Kyrie Sane looked like a goddamn powder puff girl doing this little dance during her intro. It didn't help any that she was very sparkly. Oh, my God. It was like the weirdest fucking dance. Like, I'm, I, I have no idea what she was doing. Yeah, it, it was weird. I'm sorry, Spider. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> there's a spider crawling on my desk. Sorry. Oh. Or we don't have any of those poisonous ones up here, I don't think. Uh, so yeah, so not a... right. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, I know. It's it's, it's bat nipples. Um, yeah. yeah, but you got to find a picture of her ass though if you're gonna do anything. Um. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, so the so the main focus. Um, Shayna Baszler and and her two scissor sisters. Take it on Kyrie Sane. Again, this was another one of those matches where because of the superstar shakeup, a little bit of little bit of attention taken out of it to me. Um now I know Kyrie's not going to win the belt on a fucking random NXT episode. I know that. Um but you know, 
we'll I guess we'll get there, but I didn't like the storytelling at the end of this. Very nice. Is that? Yeah. Are you, are you sure, or is that yep. is that yep, that's does that George Clooney's yep. ass? No, it's not George Clooney's ass. <laughs> okay, let's just make it sure. Because you show me badass, I don't know which one it is. That was bad. You can't tell that that's. Never mind. Clooney's got a very slim ass. This is what. <laughs> I would uh, not know. All right. Yeah. So, couple a couple of things with this match. Um, you know, it was a yet a it was another matchup where the face has an injury and the heel works over that injury which we see kind of far too often at this point uh Kyrie has her her shoulder taped up which didn't know was even a thing um what i this is like similar to the same criticism ginger had on the blender of Shayna Baszler like her whole fucking gimmick is UFC fighter, work a body part. That's the entire fucking... That, that's what she does. Yeah, the no, the issue here is going into the match with an injury. That That's the only thing with me, because I don't remember her actually injuring her shoulder at all, ever. She just showed up in this match. I, I think she's worn, like, the kinesio tape hmm. on it in the past. Okay, anyway... Um, I think there's only. By the way, sliding D makes me laugh every fucking time, and I really <laughs> hope that that comes to SmackDown with her. I want to. I want to hear Corey Graves yell "sliding D." I want to hear Tom Phillips here yell that "sliding too. D" because of the fact that he likes to Facebook people. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever let that die. We cannot let him off no. the hook for that. Um, yeah. yeah. So the the there's also also it's like if if. Mike Rome ever gets the shot. We've got the whole creepy thing with him and Alexa Bliss we can go back to, too. So, Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, yeah. So there's a there's a thing that, that occurs that there's only been one time, I think, that it's successfully been pulled off. And that's when you, you put somebody into a tree of woe. Of when you're up on the top. <laughs> Freudian <laughs> slip there. <laughs> That's not a Freudian slip, but it's a tree of roll. This sounds like you're mocking Japanese accent. <laughs> I, said, I, didn't go, I didn't even go that far. Um, no, so it's it's where you put somebody in the tree of woe, and then they proceed to hold onto the top ropes and like hold their body out so that you can drop God, them on top of them. Fucking hate that move. That was made popular, I think, at least in the United States by Alberto Del Rio. I yes. fucking can't stand it. Yeah. There's only been one time that I've seen it. I couldn't even tell you who it was, but they put the person in the tree, tree of woe, got up on the top ropes, and then slapped him on the gut. So they like curled up like they were yeah. hurt, and then hit the move. That was the only time where I was like, that made legit sense right. why yeah. somebody would raise themselves up from that. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just like, just fucking let go, dude, or pull yourself right. up. Yeah, I have seen that a bunch of times where the person goes to jump off and the other person lets go and just falls and they miss yeah. the move. So, but yeah, no, I agree. One of my least favorite moves. Yeah, so that happened in the match. Um, but the the match itself was was fine until it got towards, <clears throat> until it got to the end, um, where they proceeded to have Kyrie be so hurt that they had to bring the doctors out. Um, and then Io Shirai came out. And then, which, by the way, why the fuck? I mean, Lady Groot and fucking former, formerly known as Batgirl, came out with Shayna, 
Why the fuck did Io not come out with yeah. it? Yeah, that that that's a good question. Because even call her her tag team partner, even though we know that's not true. Not anymore. No. Nope. Not anymore. You've been uh, replaced. You have been replaced by another Asian, because apparently they're the same person. Uh, so. I mean, so, we're also look, we're we're looking at a product where they promised us Dijak versus Keith Lee, and then just threw in fucking Aaron Fry, like we wouldn't notice. So yeah. you know, so yeah, so Kyrie is hurt on the outside. She gets the shit kicked out of her a little bit more. She gets pulled in the ring, and then Io Shirai just leaps in and causes the DQ. Now, well, she's checked on by the doctor at ringside. Meanwhile, CM Punk snickers somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like. I just I just didn't like the booking for this to be her final match. If you want to have her go on her back, that's fine. Like she can she can take a loss. Like it's not gonna hurt her push over on SmackDown one bit. Just have her take a legit loss. Well she's being pushed as a tag team. You know, you could have her lose a singles match. Right. So it made no fucking sense for them to have her get a DQ loss in her last match. And you can still do the same segment at the end where they beat the shit out of her, then EO runs down, yeah. and they yeah. jump EO. Because clearly this was made as a vehicle to get to EO and Shayna, and that's fine. You can still get there without sort of the shitty disqualification. I agree right. 100%. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, with this match is that it, it was not a strong booking performance for Kyrie either. She got- it wasn't a good match, I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. And honestly, I have never... I mean, people have sort of I've romanticized this rivalry. I haven't thought the matches were great most of the time. Um, this one in particular, it seemed like I noticed that there were a bunch of times where it felt like they just kind of stopped and waited for the other one to do something. Yeah. Like just a lot of awkward pauses. I thought. Yeah, I just I just think about some other people who have had like final like planned final matches in NXT, and it's usually uh, they, they usually lose cleanly. But it's usually she should have lost to Baron Corbin. I think that would have. Uh... <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, like they usually have a really good fucking match. They go all in the final match, and mind you, they knew this was Kyber's final match. After the show goes off the air, she bowed to the crowd and said her goodbyes to NXT. So they knew this was her last match. This wasn't one of those things where it was a surprise that she was getting called up and they didn't have anything planned. Nope, this was her send off. So they even even yeah. put the stipulation in that she will never get another title shot. So you knew what was going to happen. Uh, so yeah. So. But that said, I mean, her, you know, how long really before the pirate experience of the tag team women's tag team champions? So I would assume until next year because they need her to to make an entrance on the fucking giant pirate ship at WrestleMania. Oh, that that'll be her. That'll be her going for the women's championship. Though. Oh, that's true. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, Asuka, they might give they might give the title belts to them and then, you know, take them off of them and then Asuka will lay on the ground crying and saying that she's mad because they're splitting up. So, and then At least goes. Ryan Satin will tell us that. Yeah, exactly. And then won't. I never said that. Like, dude, <laughs> dude, I can screenshot you right now. Like, <laughs> you fucking moron. Oh, gosh. Anyways, so, but of course, this does set up Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler at some time in the future because we went off the air with Io making angry face. So. Yeah, an angry face that would have made Adam happy. Yes, very much so. Um, so, yeah, uh, all in all, a lot happened in this episode, but not a lot happened to, like, that. that's going to carry over to the next couple episodes. Well, the, the, the Undisputed Era, Johnny Gargano interaction, I think, will thing. And, and they made it a point during that to point out, the backstage segment to point out that there had been some hostility 
between the Undisputed Era after Cole lost, and then when we find out it's Roddy getting the match with Gargano, Cole seemed legitimately pissed at that. So I think we are yeah. setting up something yeah, that which, will be. Which annoys me, because I don't think you should break up the Undisputed Era. Well, unless you're replacing one with somebody else. I would be okay if they kick Roddy out. Yeah. Because, yeah. But yeah. I don't think I don't know if Roddy can stand on his own. Roddy's come so far from, you know, I'm, I'm a dad to... Roddy, Roddy could not stand on his own, which is no. why they threw him into a tag team. Uh, then Roddy does his heel. best work as a heel. Yeah. He always has. But, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was, a, it was a decent episode. I would say definitely go back and watch Velveteen Dream versus yes. Buddy Murphy, because that match was really fucking good. For sure. Uh, other than that, you can probably just listen to this recap and be all set. Yeah, the main event was shit. Um, Dijakovic's match was over before you could sneeze. So yeah, nothing, nothing much going on there. Um, but yeah, like like you said, the first match was a barn burner, definitely one that uh, you know will will be on a lot of people's like top twenty matches of the year list because it was really good, mm. uh, at least for TV matches. Yeah, for NXT TV probably. Yeah. So I think that will go ahead and do it for this episode of NXT Revisited. You have less than twenty four hours to vote in the matchup or in all four matchups for the hottest female WWE talent tournament. The and number... holy shit with the vote totals we are getting. We'll get into the specifics tomorrow, but yes. god damn, you people are loyal, supportive, and horny AF. So congrats, good on you. Yes. Yeah. So yes, tune in to this very same place tomorrow for the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, uh, where you will hear the winners... And you will hear the matchups for the last four matchups in round three. And the record-shattering numbers. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much every record that we had in the tournament got, <laughs> got shattered this week. So By by fucking football field. Like, yeah. it wasn't even close. Yeah. So definitely definitely check that out. Of course, go to runonwrestling.com for all of your wrestling needs. Uh, and with that... And by the way, check out the latest edition of Twad Magic, where you will hear a certain special guest host Mm -hmm. who might have podcasted from the same location I do. There you go. Wasn't me. And with that. But I guess that means we will NXT you next week. Bye-bye.